love you. Woohoo! Hey, and welcome back, Couch Potatoes! <laughs> we are here to talk another Disney film. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. Yes, this is the Disney playlist. That is what our show is now. We are no longer <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch. We are the Disney playlist. They finally um, bought us out. They finally bought us out. No, they didn't. We're racking in the millions with this <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> Man, that'd be, that would be something. Uh, maybe in four years, but probably not maybe. millions. I, I'm, I'm sure we'll make enough to like maybe not have to work full time, but... Uh, maybe millions of pennies. That'd be nice. Yeah. Millions of that. pennies is still, what, like $1,000? Something like that. Yeah, probably. I, I don't want to uh, do the conversion. Actually, I, can't think I think it's ten thousand dollars a million pennies. Yeah, if you remove two, two zeros. Yeah, I think it would be ten thousand. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I take that. Yeah. So if you are interested in supporting us, <laughs> join, <laughs> join us at Patreon.com/slash/GreenAndFaceless. Toss uh, your pennies at us. Toss your pennies. Not your panties. Well, toss a coin to your movie bitcher. There you go. I like that. Yeah, that's what we are. We're movie bitchers. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my plan if I ever won the lottery? Um, I was asked this a lot when I worked at Target. The people I worked with, because I played the lottery a lot back then. I don't do it anymore. But uh, back then, you're like, what are you going to do if you win? I was like, well, I mean, I'll keep about half of it, obviously. And, you know, right. the other half, I'd probably, like, donate to charities or, you know, I'd, I'd come in and toss rolled up bundles of $1 bills at all the people I hate in here. And be like, I don't like you, and I just throw a whole like hundred dollar <laughs> roll of ones at them. <laughs> I don't like you. Here, take this, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, then I yeah, then I turn around and I give like the people I like like five thousand dollars, you know. So it's just like if you were nice yeah. to me, you could have had this. Instead, you're just getting a hundred dollars with a ones. Yeah, fucker. Yeah, and a bruise. And that's what I give to the people I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him with kindness. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's talk. Uh, we're here with today with The Great Mouse Detective, another Disney film that I have not ever watched. Not ever. Not ever. I don't remember this in the slightest, and I think I would because Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite literary characters. Right. And yeah, this, isn't, this isn't technically Sherlock Holmes. This it's, is Basil What's-His-Face. It is... I didn't give his last name on, on here. Oh, so I he's just Detective Basil? Just Basil the Mouse, maybe even. Yeah. Let's see. Here. I mean, he's based off of he, yeah, he, he is he's based off of Sherlock, right. and his name comes from I think his name's Basil Rathbone, who played Sherlock a long fucking time ago in the show oh, and I TV bet shows. You're right. I bet you're right. Yeah. His character on the Wikipedia is Basil of Baker Street, and I think that's the only thing <laughs> that they refer to him as. In the Great Mouse Detective, did yeah, you he's know even, he's even in ba Baker Street? Gosh, yeah. Did you know that this actually has several titles? So yeah, yeah. it's the Great Mouse Detective, and then when they re-released it in '92, the year I was born, because I I, I guess it didn't do very well when it first came out, but. Anyhow, it, it, did, it did much better than Black Cauldron. It was okay. actually a, a huge. Uh, increase from i don't know if it made its money back but it definitely was a, a boost from how mm. badly black cauldron flopped well for some reason they did another theatrical release in 92 
and it was called The Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective instead. And then <laughs> uh, in other countries, some other co- in some other countries, it's called Basil the Great Mouse Detective. And Basil, Jeez. for any of those who care, is 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 Basil, but they say Basil over the pond, and it is also a name. <laughs> Not to be confused with Rosemary. Or herb. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Uh, herb. Uh, so herb. This is based off of the novels called. Basil of Baker Sherlock Street. Holmes. No, uh, well, yes, yes, by <laughs> extension, uh, and, and Sherlock Holmes is actually uh, in the, it's in the same world as Sherlock Holmes. In the books, yeah, yeah. they live in his cellar. All the mice, the entire community, oh, really? is in Sherlock Jesus Holmes' cellar. Christ. But they he's got a massive rodent problem. Yes, he's got a really bad rodent problem. But if you remember Robert Downey Jr. Playing the violin for those flies, I could imagine him doing. Oh, like, uh, yeah, he's like a pipe piper. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as he doesn't troll those little kids. <laughs> so I don't know how Basil got a violin small enough, but he has all the traits of um, <laughs> our great detective of the human. I feel world. like he has all the the physical traits. I feel like his mental sleuth abilities, while they do come yeah. together occasionally, are not at all really on display in this movie. At least not in the movie. Yeah, like it's more of him bumbling through. Uh, he yeah. he does the uh, oh, I just met you and I know all of these things about you thing a couple times. Yep. And like, like that's one it. scene, like they, they do the iconic Watson meeting home scene. What? Who's their Watson again? It's not, uh, uh, his, his name, name's not Watson. Yes. The name is Dawson. It's Dawson. Dr. David Q. Dawson. At least in the books, oh, it's David Q. Dawson. I, he might have said something else. But Dawson is played by Val Betton. Basil by Barry Ingham. Thank you. Yeah. And they do that iconic scene of the two meeting mm-hmm. where. Uh, in in the books, in the the short stories, if you never read the short stories, are written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Absolutely fun. They're they're a lot of fun. They're really good mysteries. A little dry. They do tend to go on for a while sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the very first time Sherlock meets Watson, he's just like, "Oh, you're a doctor from Afghanistan, or you're uh, you know you come back just come back from Afghanistan. You're a wounded doctor. You're no longer in service." And Watson's like, "How the fuck do you know all this?" You know, and he's just like, "Well, you got dirt from there, this thing here, that thing there." And he's just like, "You smell like this, and you know, clearly you're smoking a pipe that could only be bought from like Afghanistan." All right, they and you, the, almost and you the exact your same coat thing with a stitch that only doctors use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the, the exact same scene. And I, I do appreciate them doing that. That said, that was like one of the reasons I know I never watched this is because I would have remembered that. I would have picked up on this movie as a kid because I fucking right. loved Sherlock. Right. Coming back to it as an adult, having seen so many different adaptations and having read all the freaking stories, it, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But let's let's get into the the mystery of this one because yes. they have they have a. Sinister villain, Professor Radigan, whose plot I don't quite remember. He steals someone's, uh, he steals a 
toy maker? Yes, he t- right. steals a toy, ma- toy maker named Flaversham, who Basil can never remember the name of, and he's played by Alan Young. The voice of Scrooge McDuck. The, yep, definitely is Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> for sure. He gets abducted by Radigan's lackey, and Radigan, just to put it out there, is Vincent Price. And, yes, oh my uh, god. Yes, and, and the his his lackey fidget is a is a a bat who has a mutilated wing and a peg leg and he's played by candy candido and candy candido has been with disney pretty much since the beginning he had a credit in snow white uh not snow white excuse me um sleeping beauty they're the same story though we all know that they really are um and he's been in so many things like he i believe was the uh the chief of the tribe in uh, Peter Pan. Yep. And hmm. he, he's been in so many things. He finally gets a primary role in this as Fidget. And I do like the, the, the addition of Fidget. Yeah. He's not, at least from what I can tell, was not in the, uh, the children's books. No, two, two issues I have with this story though, are it's, it's very strong. I mean, they're the exact same issue. Uh, it's, it's, Related way too much to the rescuers in mm. regards to its story, and in regards to how they did some of the like the joke characters, it's related way too much to Black Cauldron because Fidget really is just—it's <laughs> not Gula. Black Creeper. Was, uh, uh, oh, you uh, think he's kind of like Gertie? Gertie, yeah, he's just—he's the—he's the weird creature who just kind of makes sounds right. and everybody kind of like laughs at. Mix... He's for the villain in this one. Yeah, if you were gonna mix Gertie and Creeper, who I don't think we really talked about, he's a little green goblin. And um, right, right. the Black Cauldron, if you mix them together, then yes, you definitely have Fidget. Yeah, and I, I do love Fidget. I will say that. Like, it's not a big issue. It really isn't. Right. But it did. It did when I was watching. I was like, okay, you're just the exact same character, basically. It's <laughs> yeah. just you're working for Vincent Price now. Right. Which I got to say also, to give Vincent Price the the huge boon that he is, he's amazing. Yeah. And yet again, Disney got a great fucking voice for their villain. I mm-hmm. love him as Radigan. It was so fun. Yes, yes. So Radigan wants to be this like prim and proper guy in mouse society, but he's he is a rat and he won't let mm-hmm. anybody call him a rat. He's very vicious, uh, but you know, like oh, yeah. that kind of like gentlemanly super smart villain right he literally feeds his henchmen who fail him to a cat yes yes he sure shit does which again when those scenes happen there's a couple scenes in this movie where it's it's not nearly as dark as black cauldron but there are still some scenes in this film where when they happen i was like jesus disney like <laughs> is this for kids like come on <laughs> what's also funny about radigan is his name is radigan in the books but he is a mouse in the book. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that, that was just Wonder a Disney they... ad. Um, and I think yeah. it made for really, like, you know, really fun uh, jokes throughout the, the show. Yeah. And he, and he definitely is a menacing looking villain uh, oh, yeah. compared to the, the mice heroes because, mm-hmm. you know, he's much bigger than them like and three he's times got that, larger yeah yeah and he, he has like a, a always it's not actually a five o'clock shadow but he has like an always existent yeah. five o'clock shadow yeah. look so yeah because mice need to shave uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently i you know what flavisham well, has a big mustache 
That is <laughs> he true. Does. Yeah. Okay, so Flaversham gets abducted from his uh, home and toy shop. And before that happens, he was smart enough to have his daughter, Olivia, hide in a cabinet. Uh, and she right. she just barely sees the bat and his peg leg. And it was enough information after Dawson found her and then they mutually found Basil to right. uh, for Basil to know who was behind the abduction. Yeah, and, and to cut in there, the intro was the first funniest fucking thing ever i was laughing for i had to pause the movie and laugh for like five minutes it has a very heavy scene where you have this cutesy moment between father and daughter the flavershams are just kind of like in the in yes. the shop just being a cute little cup uh, father daughter pair and then right against henchmen break in destroy everything and like you know the daughter's hiding like you said and Flaversham gets kidnapped and he's taken away and like she runs out of her hiding spot and she like looks out into the empty like London air and she's just like no dad no <laughs> and it like zooms out from the house and then there's the most cheerful music as they show the great most <laughs> title card <laughs> it was so funny it was such a sad scene and it's just like I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? You know what's funny is that I, I when that happened, thought, oh, you know, that's a pretty good, rememberable tune. But I did not remember it. I don't remember it. What I what I what I put forth is not at all what it is. I just know that it was a very jolly and cheerful, like, um uplifting kind of sound and i was just like what just happened the girl's father just got kidnapped and she's devastated and alone uh, yeah <laughs> why, are we, why are we playing happy music oh, very weird intro uh i so i i just wanted to say that i really enjoyed when dawson like found her and how sweet he is yeah uh, yeah toward olivia and how just the opposite Basil is. He just absolutely <laughs> hates children. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, he develops more throughout the show and comes to really care for Olivia. And that it's really, really sweet to watch. Right. And to uh, to give, uh, oh, what's Basil's actor's name? Uh, uh, Barry Ingham. Barry Ingham. Thank you. To give him his credit. Uh, he was chosen within six minutes of his audition. So many people, wow. uh, like, yeah, tried out for this role. And, like, they were all, there were a lot of people. And apparently, Barry's was so freaking good that they actually used part of his audition and put that in the final cut of the film. Wow. Because he was just, he, he was really well read, I guess, in his audition. They were just super wild. So, like, that's amazing. And I, I did a little bit of digging into him. His second ever acting credit. Wow. Was in Doctor Who and the Daleks, oh. which is a non-canon Doctor Who film that stars Peter Cushing as the Doctor. It's it's not canon with the show at all, but I haven't watched it. But I've always wanted to. But like, I thought that was just hilarious when I when I pulled up burying him. I was like, I don't even know this guy, and I like click on his name and his second credit, Doctor Who and the Daleks. I'm like, oh, nice. All right then. <laughs> well, maybe when you get to that point in your Doctor Who playlist we can watch it together i'm probably completely wrong about this but i think it came out during the first doctor's tenure i think oh, that really? was hitting yeah i think it was hitting the television shows and bbc wanted to do some like movie version of it you know kind of like uh almost the exact opposite of stargate 
where they, right. they made a movie of Stargate, and they're like, well, let's make a TV show out of it. I think it was like right. the flip of that. And we'll get some people to play the, the same characters, yeah, yeah. except for the main characters. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think, I don't even know if Doctor Who ha- uh, and the Daleks had this. I don't know if Doctor Who and the Daleks even has any of like strong ties to the show. I can't, I've never Probably seen not. it. I don't know. But Peter Cushing's fucking brilliant. So like, that's a great, great choice as the Doctor. It just never yeah. happened in the show's canon. <laughs> We will. I think we should. We should cover it sometime. Just, just for funsies. I would definitely be interested. But uh, Barry, with the help of, sorry, not Barry, Basil and mm-hmm. crew, uh, alongside Dawson and and Olivia, they use Toby the Basset Hound to track yeah. down Professor Radigan. And a fun fact about Toby the Basset Hound: I mentioned last episode that Frank Welker was in. The Great Mouse Detective. Well, he was the dog voice for... Well, there's no voice for Toby, but he was the dog sounds for Toby you know, the Bassett he's Hound. also Felicia the Cat. Is he really? Yeah, he I is. didn't know that. I, oh, oh, the only, yeah, the only credit I saw was his Toby as Bassett Hound. That was great. Oh, I, he does great sounds, like yes. voice work. I love Frank Welker. He's one of the best out there. So, like, it was nice that he had some kind of role in this. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of wary as to explain exactly what radigan's plan is because it is like halfway through the movie that they reveal exactly what it is Uh, yeah i think we can keep that covered but he is basically uh like he oddly he's like they're trying to make him like a moriarty kind of character right that's who he's based off of right but he's he's also slightly like the uh the made for the movie character in the first Robert Downey Jr., uh, Lord Blackwood, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, I do feel get that feel from him. <laughs> Definitely. Especially with what his his plan is. It is kind of similar right. to what Blackwood's plan, yeah, except wonder, for there's no magic. <laughs> I wonder if Guy Ritchie was just like, watched The Great Mouse Detective and was like, ooh, this is good. I yeah, can do this. <laughs> I, could do that. I can make that better. Which I do like that movie much better than this one yeah. not that i didn't like this movie it's it's a fine I'm in agreement he just needs to release the third one so we can just do a goddamn yeah, trilogy God triumph damn it. <laughs> didn't God, we already talk about guy Ritchie. yeah we did we did talk about the first one did we? oh well yeah i don't remember it but like hell i mean i'm willing well, to talk about it again he yeah. just has to put oh yeah we did that sherlock threesome that's right yes. yeah because yeah, we talked about enola because yeah. we really wanted to talk about enola holmes i think was what yeah. the deal was and then uh, we also talked about Mr. Holmes, which I really liked that one. I, that one surprised yeah. me. Um, but it was a really so I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, secret review but, uh, that we already reviewed. <laughs> 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 but no, with with, uh, with The Great Mouse Detective, it's, it's very enjoyable. At the same time, as much of a Sherlock lover as I am, it's not one of my favorite adaptations of the character. Sure. But sure. that doesn't mar it from not being a good... Uh, and all those double negatives in that sense, Jesus. That doesn't mar it from being a good family film. It's it's definitely a good. It's a step up from the Black Cauldron, where you know Black Cauldron will terrify your fucking kids. This one at least will quite all like it should right. impress them. <laughs> I would say that the Black Cauldron though is a good introduction to fantasy. Like, yeah, definitely. But you know, you might want your kid to be like twelve first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my my judgment on like what kids should see is very skewed because at a very young age i watched indiana jones in the temple to uh, temple of doom and i remember my mom like being like cover his eyes cover his eyes and my dad's like 
we had the fucking videotape. Like he's just yeah. gonna put it in and watch it later. Yeah. Like I know I did. Every time they every time they fast forwarded through a scene, I was like, I'm just yeah. gonna watch it later. Why, why are you doing? This? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like my my judgment is skewed because I'm of the opinion that if a, if kids are curious about something, you should let them know what it is. Yeah. Like that's how I am. Sure. I mean, neither of us are fathers, but <laughs> no, no, we're not in any way. No, and like I know also that that could be very detrimental i guess to their psyche but i don't know there's there's some there's some movies i don't think are that dark there's some films that could be scary enough for kids but they can still enjoy it and it's like a good stepping stone you should preview preview any movie and decide exactly especially anything that was made before 95 i feel like because Especially, especially before the code came out. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But that was. You, you know, want to sit your kid down for point, a very was, boring. At this point, eighty-five or whatever they made this movie in, that was eighty-six. It, that was your. Game. All right. Cool. All right, son. We're gonna watch Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite silent film. I don't get it, Dad. Why aren't Shut they up talking? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, secret review of God, can you imagine can you imagine trying to show a kid a silent film like no no Nosferatu <laughs> really might work because be, well I mean because of the eeriness of it like I, I could see right, myself right. as a kid being like oh my god but I wouldn't read well, the like, subtitles because I, I couldn't really read until I was about 12 so <laughs> yeah but the great mouse detective uh, I guess I mean, we've kind of covered what we wanted to through the plot. I don't think there's much you more. Think so. Yeah, uh, but the one big thing to talk about is this is, as we talked about with Black Cauldron, it was the first one to use CGI. This is the first to use extensive CGI. They have an entire oh, yes. scene that's all CGI. And it is the climactic scene. Yes. Big that, ben. And, and yeah. Big Ben, thank you. I was like, Ben Tower? I was like, it's not Ben Tower, Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who destroyed it in like season two of New Who, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't exist to you it. anymore because it's no, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's destroyed in my reality. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a very exciting scene, and uh, it's it's a damn it's a pretty good climactic scene. Like yeah. it's, it, I love their their C, their use of the CGI because it feels very fluid it, it moves right. really well i guess like the whole yeah. movie is great animation but like when you get to that scene oh, it makes that the action more gripping right even that like panning uh, like they pan while the the gears are moving it, it yeah. makes it feel epic i i think yeah. yeah it's a good it's a good scene and i mean like obviously they're they're mice inside this giant gears work i mean those gears are are huge compared to people so, yeah. like, I think that that's – I thought it was pretty cool. And even yeah, the – um, this is less uh, in the CGI realm, but I really liked the uh, balloons under the Union Jack that they used. Uh, and also, <laughs> yeah. like, the biggest match box ever. Like, you know, yep. we used to my, – my dad, when he would buy matches, bought the big boxes, but not that big. I mean, even <laughs> – that was like a deck of cards. Kind yeah, of thing. no, but it was bigger than that. It was like the deck of cards that you buy for people who are blind, <laughs> or, the, or or like the uh, the uh, the phase ten deck of cards. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Just that yeah, big brick. It was huge. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But it's it's I don't know. There's not much more I want to 
say about well, it, I guess. Let me say this then. If you're and if you've seen this movie and you're interested in the books, there are uh let's see here, seven books currently, and there is an eighth actually that is supposed to come out. God, they're still writing books for this? Well, so there was a large break between so let's let's see here. I think they put them in chronological order on Wikipedia. Started in 58, Basil of Baker Street, written by Eve Titus and illustrated by Paul Galden. And together they also did Basil and the Cave of Cats in 1971, uh, Basil in Mexico in 76. <laughs> Basil in the Wild West in 82, and Basil and the Lost Colony in 64, which, I don't know, that seems a little off. Uh, Maybe that's just how it is chronologically, you know? And then in 2018, it got picked up by a different publisher, and the writer was Kathy Hapka, and illustrated by David Mortram, and they Hmm. did Basil... And the big cheese cook-off. And and Basil and the Royal Dare. And apparently there is something that was either slotted to come out in 2020 or it's still in the process. The date on it is 2020 and it's called Basil and the Library Ghost. So maybe that got postponed because of the pandemic. I don't know. I didn't look too deep. Hmm. But I just... It has a title, no synopsis of the story. But apparently there's a ghost in a library. So if you're interested, well, they're still making these books. And if you're also interested, just, just read Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock stories. That's true. Oh, I did want to say, since you mentioned Basil Rothbone, he they do use his voice in the movie. Yeah. For Sherlock. I don't know how I feel about that. It was, it was yeah, an archive sound, so... It wasn't yeah. actually him. Yeah, it's just like it's posthumous. The dude, the guy's dead. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's 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 a weird ground to walk on in that area where it's just sure. like, you know, do you sure. do you use the dead or do you just leave their, their stuff lie? But, I mean, if you just leave their stuff lie, we wouldn't have gotten Leia in The Last Jedi. Yeah. But, and, again, or, that's very questionable usage. Or so. <laughs> in Rogue One. Or in Rogue One. That's right. They did do... <laughs> Tarkin. Oh, and they the, used the younger Leia. Leia. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, Peter Cushing. Tarkin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we brought back around. <laughs> All right. So what's your closing statement on I, The Great I, I House give, Detective? Yeah, I give it two and a half stars. It's it's a decent film. It's it's enjoyable enough. Uh, I don't regret not watching it as a kid, honestly. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess actually, I kind of do. If I had watched it as a kid, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, with, with the interpretations of Sherlock that I've gotten, you know, I enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch's take. I think he did a great mm-hmm. job, but, like, nobody does it better than Robert Downey Jr. I don't care what you say. <laughs> people can... People... I'm sure the English disagree with you. <laughs> but that's the thing. They If they've read the books, they want it. He, he literally gets the personality that's presented in the books down pat. And, like, he gets all of the shit that his character is known for down pat. He Like, the only thing is he's just slightly comical. But, mm-hmm. like, the the interpretation of him as, like, a dry, musty, like, <laughs> I'm a detective, that just comes from the shows. It comes from the television show. Right. Like, his deer hat, his him always having a giant uh, micro, or not microscope, but a, 
Uh, eyeglass, spyglass, spy yeah. whatever. Spyglass, but whatever, yeah. He, he he always, him having that, that all comes from the shows. The character that Robert Downey Jr. puts on, almost perfect in my opinion from what I've read in the books. Like, Magnifying it's, it's great. Glass. <laughs> Mag- so I did have it right then. Okay, wow. I don't know. I don't that know what you said. <laughs> well, I said magnifying glass to start with, and I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. That sounds oh, okay. like – maybe I said microscope. I might you said, said microscope. microscope. You said microscope. Yep. Yeah. There we go. We're so yeah, smart. It's, it's, it... <laughs> 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 yeah, I recommend The Great Mouse Detective for a family film if you want to introduce them to like sure. Sherlock Holmes or just detective fiction. It's right. a yeah, one for that. I mean, definitely in other adaptations of Sherlock Holmes, there's definitely some, some dark stuff. And there's some dark stuff in here. We didn't really mention the the um, the tavern or pub scene where uh there's oh, a woman God, who no, literally says i will take off all my clothes for you or something like yeah. that let uh, me be your friend yeah she's uh, the whole song i think is titled let me be your friend it yeah. was scandalous <laughs> yes and, and you know i didn't you know as an adult i thought it was fun i guess but i mean it was kind of sexy and like do you yeah were you rock hard no. <laughs> Not for the mice. That's a special uh, a special chapter of furryism right there is, is, yes, is it for is. the mice. I'm more of a cat I guess. Person. I don't uh, know. You know, actually thinking back to Chippendale Rescue Rangers, like I had a fascination for Gadget. Yeah. So yeah. I think I could have enjoyed this film quite you a lot could. as a kid. <laughs> big Disney fans here. Big, big Disney fans. So... <laughs> I will give it a face. Uh, I Yeah, it's not my favorite movie, but I enjoyed watching it. I think I was an adult also the first time I watched it. I think it was after Disney Plus existed. Mm. So, uh, But, you know, who knows? I might have watched it and just kind of forgot about it. Uh, it's not the most memorable Disney movie. It definitely reads as a Disney movie, whereas The Black Cauldron just does not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair. It definitely seems more in, in tune with uh, the rest of this era so far. Right. Right. All The rest of them are all animal stories, except for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But that's, uh, that's, that's the, show. the show. Yeah. Yeah. I've been the uh, the green traveler from Gorsh. Thanks for listening, everybody. I love you. Aw, he does. And I love you, too. I'm the Faceless Leon. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash green and faceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.